Hello, everyone. Welcome into Debate Night. Back remote this week. Brody's out in Arizona, uh, but I'm holding down the studio, holding down the fort with Silas here, and uh, should be a good show. But quick reminder, since we're remote yet again, we can't do the call-ins like we have been with the phone number. You're going to have to hop into Discord if you want to call into the show tonight. So should be one of the first lines in the description down below. Uh, you can click on that to join our Discord. And then when the time comes, just pop in on the side under the Foundation Podcast. There should be a debate night green room. Uh, you just pop in there, and I'll drag you down into debate night live. Um, and that's where Brody and I will be, and you'll be able to hear from us, and we'll be able to talk to you and hear from you. So that's kind of how the yeah. show is going to work tonight. But Brody, how are things going out there? You know what? It's a beautiful, beautiful day here. Um, I am just west of phoenix arizona i am at litchfield park at a place called wigwam and hunter let me tell you tell me this might be a this might be a place you need to go to okay um three courses on property literally if i walk out this door right here okay that door i walk out 25 steps i'm in i'm in number one's fairway of the blue course um, we played the gold course today, 7,400 plus yards, very long. Um, and then we just play a couple holes on the blue course, but, uh, this property is incredible. And, uh, yeah, if anyone from Wigwam is watching this, or if you've been to Wigwam, shout out to Wigwam, uh, cause they're hooking it up. And, uh, yeah, you, you want to talk a little about your golfing situation over there? You've got, you yeah. got the bug. I don't have the bug. I am purely driven by your disrespectful comments towards my game. That's the only thing I have going on over here. Is uh, that it? That's it. That's it. I am I am playing golf for one reason and one reason only, and that's to make you be like, you know what, Hunter? I was wrong about you. I don't know. Kelsey Kelsey was pretty impressive today. I'm not going to lie. Hitting about 200, that's fine. 225 that's fine. off the tee. Her putting. I'm fine if I lose to Kelsey. I'm fine if I lose to Kelsey as long as – I get the, you know what, Hunter, I was wrong about you from you. I don't, I don't care about beating Kelsey or not beating Kelsey. If that's what it takes, then that's what I'll do. But I'm just saying. Well, that, that, well I, uh, I just finished watching a Break 100 series, and I think it's one of my favorite series on YouTube to watch is, is watching some of these guys like grind out to try to shoot better than 100. Yeah. And – I, uh, you know, we've talked around and stuff and it might be something that happens down the road for foundation. We might end up branching out and, and creating some golf content on a, on a different YouTube channel. Um, but I think that would be a fascinating series. Cause I feel like you're probably, you're probably not terribly far off the last from it. The last time I played a full 18, I shot like a one ten. And I feel like I was about at the skill level I am right now, which is like after. What was the what was the, what what? Was the yardage? What was the yardage? Oh, I, you're asking. Wait, I can actually. Can I find that quickly? I might be able yeah. to find that. Yeah. Was it was it at Poplar? No, no, no. It was Colonial Hills. Yeah. No. For hundred percent, you just have to remember what tees you played from. It was the middle tees. Because you have to that for for it to count, I feel like you have to be in like the mid six hundreds, six thousands. Excuse me. Um. um for for it to be like a legitimate, like a legitimate. Okay, uh, long tees. So the longest tees are sixty four hundred yards. Yeah, I see. So I don't know what my middle tees were. The course rating, like, course rating seventy, and has a slope rating of one twenty one. 
Seventies not from the long tees. From the longest. So yeah, I played 70s from. Not bad. I played from. I guess the seventies like, pretty AMTs. easy, but basically it's saying a scratch golf. Well, was it? Well, regardless, I think that's something that people might like to see. Now, I don't. I, I will be your caddy and your hype man, of course. No, I, want I think we. Where am I? Am no. I? His, I'm his chopped liver. You're. Yeah. Yeah. You're the enemy right now. Trevor. No, I'm no, saying no. I want Trevor. I'm saying after. I'm saying. All right. Well, I'll. I'll I'm commentate. You can be there. You can be there to I'll, do the commentary. That's fine. I'll That's commentary. Fine. I'll do the commentary. But I, what I'm saying is, I think you need to get lessons from someone. Believe it or not, I took golf lessons when I was like seven. No, but there's no way you're going to break a hundred by just like going out and hitting range balls. No, I it think won't I can. Happen. I think I can. Oh, you're trying to go just the cheap route, just zero. You want to try to do it where you put zero money into it, and it's well, just I'm willpower. I'm I'm paying like seven dollars every time I go to the range. But yeah, that's all I want to put into this thing. For for me to break a hundred, I think I can do that just based on athletic. How long? How, how long? long? Okay, it's, how long are we talking? Dis- like like I'm. It's gonna be just. Dis- it's gonna be December first tomorrow. Oh, the cold doesn't the cold doesn't matter. If that's what you're saying. No, I'm saying like it's December first tomorrow. When are you breaking a hundred for the first time? For the first time, uh, gotta be realistic here because I know you'll hold me to it. Tough part is I don't know how be, how much I'll be able to practice in December. I feel like if I had a month that I had nothing going on and I could like hit the range three days a week, I, it would take me a month. Okay. To get to to, to break a hundred at Colonial Hills. So why don't we say end of January? End of January, yeah, December. yeah, yeah, absolutely. I could break so hundred okay. into January. I'll, okay. I'll, yeah, I'll put my name on that. Sure. But you gotta do if you're gonna do colonial, you gotta do the back tees. Yeah, colonial, colonial back tees, colonial back tees. I can break hundred yes. into January. Okay. Because that's the thing. Because that's the thing is I'm willing. I'm willing to swallow my pride and just hit irons off every tee. Yeah, well, at sixty four hundred, you can get away with doing that if your short game's good. That's what I'm saying. Is you, I can get my irons good can't. enough. I can get my irons and chipping good enough that like, because I mean, my irons. When I was on the range the other day, I fixed. I fixed my issue of like hitting stuff immediately right. What? How so? It was just. It was just. What is that? It was just my my thought. I figured out what I had to tell myself to make my arm not come through like at my side like I was throwing a forehand. And once so I the figured only that thing, out. The only thing I don't like about that, though, is sometimes when you go on the driving range and you just do something and all of a sudden you think you figured it out and it's working, sometimes, like, something else was going on. So it was like a chain reaction and that's why it works. So then when you go back to the range the next time and you try the same thing, it doesn't work. No, I, I'm pretty confident in this fix. You think it's fixed for good? You're locked in. I, I think the initial, like, I'm hitting a shot, and as people will see in the video tomorrow that comes out on Foundation Nation, the initial, I'm hitting a shot, and this thing is going 45 degrees off my line, that's fixed. My swing path wanna, is still making the shot curve to the right, but I, I can manage that. I want to, uh, because we're posting that golf video tomorrow, I want to see in the comments, so you guys watching or you guys listening right now, go over to Foundation Nation. If you haven't already... You gotta subscribe to that YouTube channel. We're getting close to ten thousand subscribers. Yeah, we're pushing it. Uh, we'll do we'll do a ten thousand subscriber giveaway of some sort. Heck yeah! But um, go over and watch watch. Uh, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, watch this. Uh, it should be up in the afternoon. 
And uh, let's get some let's get some predictions. Will Hunter break a hundred by the end of, of January? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm already eons better than I was in that video. Well, you weren't you weren't gonna break a hundred in that video. No, I think that video is like a hundred. Me shooting like a one twenty. I think I've already taken ten strokes yeah. off my game. Okay. I'm pretty confident right. in well, that statement. We'll see, Silas. Where are you at in the golf sphere? How how's your golf game looking? I mean. I, I don't know, man. Have you ever played golf, Silas? I've never played around a golf. Silas has never played golf. Never played golf. You, have you top golfed? No. You're, we don't have. I, not, I have never swung a golf club in my life. Oh boy. Did what, you just say he's never? He's swung never swung. I golf never club? have. What uh? Have. What what's the series we start with, Silas? Then we got it. We have to do at least a video of him playing nine holes and have people predict what he would shoot. That'd be fun. Oh I boy. Yeah. Like, does he break? Does he break 150 his Ooh. first time? Hmm. Well, nine holes, 150. Yeah. You can't do poplar though because there's too much ob. Yeah. Poplar's true. like for you. Poplar's a terrible course for you to try to break 100. Well, you'd have to play it twice. Colonial, Colonial's just like an 18 well, hole poplar. No, but poplar has too much ob. Yeah, I don't know how much ob. You an ob. Colonial you has some water. Sean Poplar and you're just, yeah, well, you can, you can kind of shy away from the water, but dang, we might have, I, we might have to take Silas out and see what we might have see to. what we're working with. We might here. Have yeah. to. I do want to tell you. before to we get co- into before we get into calls and stuff. I I do have to tell about how I just got humiliated at Planet Fitness about two hours ago. Oh what? How so? Like I just got straight up humiliated. So I, so okay, here's the thing. My wife, Lizzie, joined Planet Fitness about five years ago. She worked out on and off for three or so of those five years. But it's a subscription thing, and it's 10 bucks a month, so you don't really notice it. So we've been paying, right? So about a year ago, we were like, oh, my word, we just paid for a year of membership without Liz going, really. So I was like, you know what, Liz? Like, I've been wanting to go to the gym. We'll just go together. So I was like, I'll just pay the $10 for my membership. And then we'll go together and start working out. So Liz already had her like little barcode thing she needed and all that. So I was like, I'll just pay online and then I'll go pick up my barcode. So I paid online that night. We we're going to go the next day. Didn't go the next day. Didn't go the day after that. Next thing I know, here I am a year later. Just paid for a full year's gym membership to Planet Fitness. Haven't gone. Dude. Uh, Trevor is like, hey, I'm going to start going to Planet Fitness before work. And I'm like, yeah. that's what I need. I needed like I need someone to keep me accountable when I say I'm going to be there. Yeah, gym buddy. Yeah, I need that's what that's how I that's the only reason I'm running right now is cuz someone else has been running and it'll like keep will like make fun of me if I don't run. That's what I need yeah. in life. Like that's the type of person I need to get me to do something. So Trevor's like, "Yeah, I'll start going to the gym." And we both know that like if we both say we're going to the gym, you can't not go to the gym because then you're letting the other person down. So Trevor and I are both the same thing. So we know tomorrow morning, 5.30, we're showing up at the gym. So I was like, you know what? Tonight, I'm going to go get the barcode so I don't have to worry about that at 5.30 in the morning. So I walk into Planet Fitness. I'm signed in on the app on my phone and all that. I just don't have the barcode, so I can't link my account. So I walk up to the girl, and I was like, hey, um, you know, I have an account. I just need to pick up my barcode. And she was like, we don't, we don't have barcodes anymore. You just need to download the app, and then you'll get your code. And I was like, well, I have the app. And she's like, okay, well, let me see. Like, what, what's the issue? So I pulled up and I hit the button that says link account. And when I hit the button that says link account, it says scan your barcode to link your account. And I was like, see, I don't have a barcode. 
And she was like, okay. And so she went through and got her manager over because I couldn't figure out what was going on with me. Um, so her manager is like, you know what, what's your name? So I told her my name, told her my date of birth. She looks me up in their system and then was like, okay, well, you're good to go work out. I checked you in. And I was like, well, no, I'm not trying to check in. Like I'm literally standing in khakis. Like I'm not, I'm not here to work out. I just need my barcode. <laughs> some, people, some people go down in the gym in jeans and stuff. You never yeah, know. I'm not, I'm not that person. And so I was like, okay. I just need, I just need my barcodes. So when I come back tomorrow, I can get into this gym. She was like, okay, well, let's go ahead and take your picture. I'm like, okay. So they have this little like webcam, they pop up and they snap my picture. And then both of them behind the, these two girls are like my age, both behind the counter, just start laughing as soon as they took the picture. Oh, no. <laughs> and oh, no. I was standing there, I'm like, and they don't say anything of like, let's retake the picture, nothing like that. They just breeze on past it. Like, all right, perfect. And they're like both giggling to themselves. And then she's like, all right, you're all good. And I'm like, well, I, I still don't have a barcode. And then that made them laugh even harder for some reason. So they're laughing at me. For no reason. I, I still, right now, don't know why they were laughing at me. So they're both. Ask? Well, what was I going to say? Like, what are you laughing at? Like, I don't want to be aggressive. So I'm just. <laughs> yeah. I'm just yeah. standing there getting laughed at. What do you find so funny? I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting laughed at. And behind him is this the big Planet Fitness judgment free zone freaking thing. And I'm like, yeah, that's a bunch of bull crap. And so I'm standing there. And mm-hmm. finally, she's like, oh, okay, so your, your barcode is just going to be your birthday and then your, fir- your first and last initial. That'll be your barcode. I was like, oh, okay. God. So I type it in. Sure enough, boom, I have it. And then I walk out. And I'm like walking out. I'm like, what on earth are we laughing at? So I walk up to Liz. And she was in the car. She was going to get dinner. I told her the whole situation. She's like, that's so weird. What are they laughing at? So the only thing I can think of is that on their screen, they could realize that the reason I don't have a barcode is because I signed up for an account a year ago. And then in the year that I didn't go to the gym, they transitioned from their barcode system to this system and like that's the only thing i could think of is like when they went to take my picture they realized like oh this guy's in the gym once every year this guy no i hadn't even been once this guy's literally paid for this guy's paid for his membership and this is the first time he stepped in when he's been paying for like 13 months that's the only thing i can think of and that's what's going to help me sleep at night because if they were just straight up laughing at me then i mean i don't really know what to do there's probably so many people like that though i mean there has to be let me see your smile. I didn't um, smile. I like the photo. This, this is my oh, picture. Just... That was my picture. <laughs> Someone screenshot that. That was it. That was my gym picture. Oh, yeah, man. like I was just standing there like every, there's other people like checking in and out next to me too. And they're just watching these. Everyone just laugh at me. I was like, what the frick's going on? Oh my gosh. Um, do I have a betting problem? Not that I'm aware of. Okay. That's all I needed to hear. Not uh, yet. I'm 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 getting in. I'm getting in on the betting. Uh, I don't know why, but like, I'm in. Well, that's how they get you. That's what betting is. Do you think it's because they they have a thing right now where you if you lose your first bet, you they reload it? Yeah, that's what every. So it's just like when we were. How does that work? Well, because are they assuming most people are like they. They just got to keep betting kind of thing? The line makers and everything are so good that they, like, the reason these companies make money is because you're, you're going to end up losing more than you win. Like, on average, people will lose more money than they win betting. That's just how it works. Like, that's why the line makers make you think every single game. The tricky thing, too, is is uh, when you bet, you know, we just we just did a $5 bet on that parlay, right? Yeah, the dude. But game. if I... If I was to bet that Duke was going to win by 
uh, I think the line's right now at six and a half, right? Oh, the line's went so, up that much. When I saw it, it was three. Wait, what? Uh, when I saw Did the, I get in super late? When I saw the oh, Duke man. line, it was three. I have it at six and a half, I think. Oh, geez. Good luck. Oh, gosh. I mean, Duke oh, should, boy. like I said, there's two, there's two possible scenarios for tonight's game. Either Duke, which is my team, we're going to walk into yep. there, and Ohio State is going to reality gut punch us after we're number one in the nation, and okay. we're either going to be in a very tight game and barely win, or we're going to lose an embarrassing game, which is very on-brand for Duke. Or, what? or, and this is what I think is slightly more likely because Duke seems very legit this year, or we'll walk in and we're going to curb stomp Ohio State by like 15. No. Those are the, those it, are the it, only two scenarios. Is it at Ohio State? It's in Ohio. I don't think it's at Ohio State. I could be wrong. Neutral, there. neutral court. Let me. You, do you know uh, Ohio State's like court name? If I read to you location. Yikes! No, I would not know. It is the, at the Value it, City Arena in Columbus, that Ohio. I mean, it has to be it. That is, it's Ohio State home. Ohio State home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, it's at Ohio State. What what are your uh, like? How are you feeling for Duke winning a national championship this year? Like, okay. Where are you at? I've been a Duke fan long enough to know that when I feel like we are a great team early in the season, that means that we're gonna lose to Lehigh in the NCAA championship. So I have really? zero hopes. I have zero hopes. I will you say they make it to the fan. final four. Come on, man. No, I, tr- Silas, I am beyond a true fan. <laughs> I am so far into a true fan that I know I've felt this pain enough times to that I just set myself up to gain a season. No, we have. How many the- times have you watched Duke win a national championship in your lifetime that you can remember? Uh, that I vividly remember. I remember their 2010 ACC championship, and I remember the 2015 national championship vividly because 2015 was my senior year. That was when they Grayson Allen. Uh, and then, you know, Wisconsin tripping into oh, all that yeah. stuff. Um, yeah. And then 2010 ACC, I was at the championship. So that's why I remember that one. Okay. Uh, beyond that, I remember back like the Greg Paulus days. Uh, I remember winning one. I couldn't tell you the year for that one. Uh, so I, I would say I like have memories of two, maybe three. Gotcha. Well. Maybe you'll get another one this year. You never know, man. It's a very good storyline. It's a very good storyline of Coach K's final year. Duke wins a national championship. So, well, yeah, I'm sure everyone's betting on that. Yeah, when you it, talk would be, about it would be a great storylines. Story. Look no further than the uh, college football playoffs. Uh, their ranking system. When you talk about like storylines, they they're constantly trying to get sneaky teams in there. Yeah, I I guarantee they're going to try if like Cincinnati somehow like doesn't smoke uh houston i guarantee notre dame somehow slips in you think so and cincinnati drops yeah you don't think those people are like backstage like hoping that well i'm sure it's a lot it's a lot easier to manipulate football when you're dealing with four teams versus basketball you have a 60 68 team championship yeah you can't Manipulate basketball people you're putting in at the very end yeah like they're they're just winning has there ever been when was this is a great question. When was the last time an at large bid won a national championship? Have they ever? An at large bid or you mean like a conference? No, no. So someone that like the someone that uh didn't get in but got selected to be in. 
Do you know what I'm saying? They win most of the time. That's what at-large bids are. Like, dude. No, 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 no. Hold on. Hear, hear me out. Hear me if out. If you're not an at-large so, bid, it means you won your conference to be there. An at-large bid means you're a good enough team that you're just in the national championship NCAA tournament no matter what happens to you in the ACC or SEC or any of your conferences. Mm, I so see. I would I would bet most like winners Duke, are at-large bids. Oh, okay, because like Duke loses to North Carolina, Duke now is an at-large bid, even though they're yeah. If you're if you're a top okay. if you're a top like, to thirty team, like, you're getting um, at-large. I'm trying to think of like maybe maybe the last like not last place at large like the schools that like barely get in. That's what I'm trying to think the bubble schools. That's who I'm talking about. Yeah, where they they don't know whether or not they're going to get in or not. Yeah, they would be like the the team, eight yeah. or nine seeds. Yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, but anyways, um, all right, let's let's open up. I I've got a I've got some stuff that I got to do while I'm here, so we're not gonna have the longest of shows tonight. Um, so we're gonna open up calls. The chat's been going off nonstop. Yeah. I don't know if you've taken the, a look at it. I've been watching. People it. are just. There's a lot of speculation. The chat's going popping on. off because there is a very popular rumor going around right now. Um, Who so started? Did you start it? I did not start is this, this a rumor. Ga- I did not start is this. Is it Gavin Rathbun's? Gavin Rathbun's No, situation because here? I don't start rumors. If I leak something, I'm a hundred percent accurate it's, so far. Uh, who leaked it? It's not leak. It's not a leak yet because there's nothing. Where is this? What's the source? People are commenting it. So basically, one person probably told someone they heard it. But basically, the rumor so if you're first off if you want to hop into the debate night green room on discord we got one person in there already uh i'll drag you guys in here here in a second so go ahead and pop in in a second but um basically i don't know who started the rumor but the rumor is that ricky will be leaving innova to go to dd uh that is what it is that's the rumor where do you think matt where do you think matt bell is going i i really don't know uh it's tough because matt bell hmm Matt Bell's a type of player that I could see doing very well mixed bag with, well, I say very well, uh, EV7 because of the fact that he is known for his putting. Tough part mm-hmm. is to have a mixed bag, you have to have a good brand surrounding you. Like you yourself have to be a good brand. That's why Drew Gibson has done so well mm-hmm. with it. That's why I think Eric Oakley will do well with it. Um, but Matt Bell, I just don't know if he has that following. So realistically i could definitely see matt bell going to like a prodigy or uh like a prodigy a dd latitude he he was at latitude i believe uh, a little while ago i could see him going somewhere like that um mm. I, I don't i don't really know it, it's really it's really hard to know exactly where he would go i would love to see him go to sneaky gateway because we haven't seen a pro go to gateway in a long time and gateway's known for their putters so like that could be another like sneaky one but Who's the best pro that's the best player that's ever been with Gateway? Ever was Nico because his uncle owns Gateway. Oh, okay. So he did it for a little bit just to kind of help he out. He did it for a long time. He would actually when he would like switch one of the biggest contending points, contention points for Nico was like he refused to get his wizards out of his bag. So like he would be playing mm-hmm. for Prodigy and like their only option if they wanted him was to stamp wizards with like a Prodigy logo because he's like I'm putting with my wizards. Uh, so that why mm-hmm. he ended up going to uh, Daredevil Discs for a little stint because they let him have basically a mixed bag and stuff like that. Um, and then he ended up at Westside where he doesn't throw Wizards. I didn't anymore. even know. I but, didn't even know Daredevil did disc disc golf. I know they made yeah. ult, they made an ultimate frisbee that no one really liked, but I didn't know they did 
Disc Golf. That's yeah. interesting. That's a, that's a Canadian company. Yes, yes. And for the record, I don't think Matt Bell's going to Gateway. I said I would like to see him go to Gateway just because I would like to see him. I'd, I'd like to see a pro what they would do having to throw full Gateway plastic. That's what I would like to see. Why Why do you think uh, – I know I said open up for calls, but last question real quick. Well, we don't have why anyone do waiting think, right now. Oh, well then, yeah, Silas, cut me off when someone jumps in the Discord. Um, why do you feel that – and maybe it's just because we are – I'm more involved in disc golf than I have been in other sports. I mean, I felt like I was pretty involved in golf, but why do you feel like so many of the fans – uh like talk about manufacturers so much well that's like our teams in disc golf basically is how it's always I know, been, but, like lined up but if you but if you go with tennis or golf or like some other individual sports that don't have teams i don't i don't really hear it that much it, it's there's not so much a you know cultish might be the wrong word but there isn't so much a like I only hit Wilson rackets, or I only hit yeah t- tailor made clubs, and I'll never try anything. Well, else. Well, so that's the difference. It's disc golf, such a different sport because, like in golf, I'm I know people who are like this. So I'm sure you know a lot who will only hit Pro V ones, or will only hit you know uh, Nike golf ball or whatever. They're, they won't like they're brand loyal to the golf ball for whatever mm-hmm. reason. If you think of it, and I'm sure there's some people that are brand loyal to their club, and in disc golf, you basically take the ball and the club and combine them, and you have the disc. So I think that's mm-hmm. kind of a similar thing. The other thing too is people like the hand feel of certain plastics. So like, if the first disc you got was an Emac Truth in Lucid plastic, you might love Lucid plastic, and then you just, you know, everything you want is just going to be in that plastic, in that plastic, whatever, and you become like a DD fan to where you love watching pros throw what's in your bag yeah it's so fascinating fascinating to me because when i first got into disc golf i i could care less and it was such a it was such a not an interesting topic to me yeah but but like you know if you look at you know football is a great example right if you're a huge college football fan you're looking at high schoolers and you're looking at you know, incoming freshmen and and all these classes coming in and being like, oh, we got this five star recruit and all this. And you're talking about all that, and I think it's probably the equivalent to that in disc golf, where people are saying like, oh, this up and comer, he's going to sign to blah blah blah, or I want him to sign anywhere. It's fascinating now that I'm in it. I don't know. Um, it does. I just don't think it makes. It's not easy for people that aren't in disc golf or follow it like religiously to understand it. Yeah, I, I think guess. it's just more fascinating. In, unless, unless you're in it. Unless yeah. you're in I it. think what's uh, the thing that's fascinating inside the sport, and I'll say this and then we have some people waiting, so I'll drag someone in. Uh, oh, I nice. think the thing that's fascinating within the sport is just you get to see players try molds that you've been trying. Like someone mm. throwing a harp, throwing a felon, throwing an M4, whatever that, you know. A, a week before they were throwing rocks. So let's, uh, let's go ahead mm-hmm. and drag in, uh, C John Henry. All right. C John Henry. looks like you might be mute. Oh, he popped back out. He might be just someone who wants to chill in, chill in the green room. Well, that happens in discord. That'll yeah. happen in discord. 
hopefully we have the settings set up where they can actually go in there. I, I feel like I haven't, it hasn't been a changed. No, I just, let me make sure. They're make sure, make there. sure. And if I drag someone sure into this, this, it should work, right? Well, you got to make sure the settings are good to where they're, they're able to get in there. Into where? I don't, I don't have my discord up. So into the green know. room? Uh, do you want me to pop my Discord up to see what's going on here? The green room isn't locked. The green room has no lock on it. No. So it should be fine. And when C. John, I've dragged him in twice, and he's hopped out twice. So I'm assume he doesn't yeah. want to be. I'm assume he doesn't want to be. No. If it if it does it that soon, it's because the permissions are messed up. Let me try one more is time. Is what it is. C. John, are you there? Uh, hello, hello. Can you hear us? Hmm. All right, let's drag him out. We're going to bring in Baby I'm Ballin. Oh, hello, like hello. That. Can you hear us? I can personally hear you. Yes. Awesome. Oh, awesome. yeah. We're Welcome good. to the show. Hey, I'm, I'm excited to be on the show. Awesome. <laughs> so what's the, uh, what's the topic you wanted to bring up here? Um, I wanted to piggyback on what Brody was saying with um, why fans are so infatuated with manufacturers. I don't think disc golf is a big enough sport yet where you have a ton of fans that are outside with any sport like football, regular golf, you know, a lot of the fans come from just generic fans, just general people, not people who play weekly. And so they're not as invested in what kind of club Tiger Woods is using versus, you know, what they use. They really don't care because they're just general fans. That makes sense. Yeah. Or, or, uh, yeah. It's interesting to me because I think, obviously, like we talked about before, it's gonna. There's the landscape of disc golf is going to change quite drastically as it gets more popular. Um, you know, right now, if you went to a disc golf tournament and you did like a quick little survey of the people at the disc golf tournament, you're probably what you're saying is probably right. Like the people there are probably playing disc golf a lot. Right, you're probably not really seeing too many people in the crowd. That's like, oh, I play disc golf like once every two weeks. Where some of these other sporting events, heck, football games, basketball games, you know, I'll go and watch. I never play football or basketball, you know. Um, and I right. think it's interesting because uh, I've had some conversations while I'm down here, obviously doing a lot of golf stuff with a lot of golfers and. I've had multiple people come up to me and say like they saw, I think it was the world championships just re re aired. Do you know about that Hunter? I've had a couple people bring that up. Did it just re air on ESPN or something recently? The pro tour. Have have you heard anything about that? I mean, that went on ESPN. No, people are saying, people are saying uh, they brought up the world championships. So I'm wondering if that got re aired somewhere not that i'm recently. i mean it was a part of the pro tour broadcast but i don't i i don't know of it being on espn or something no okay but i've had a couple people you know say like hey i i saw it and like oh my gosh how how fun or how interesting is that and they've never played disc golf at all in their life so that's what's going to be really interesting is 
when you start getting because uh, that I feel like that's the majority of fans across other sports, right? Is like the yes. casual fan that doesn't that's not out grinding and playing the sport all the time. They're just tuning in and watching it because it brings them entertainment. Disc golf needs to create fandoms for certain teams, you know, a fan base for, or not certain teams, but certain players. It, it, just like you said with NFL, it needs to have, you know, the diehards Browns fan, you know, going to the game every week, but they're never going to play football, you know, mm-hmm. but you need, you need to create that within disc golf before the, before the manufacturers will become irrelevant until, until that time, the manufacturers are always going to be at the top of the conversation because everybody who watches plays and they want to know what their favorite pros are throwing in other sports. People could care less what, you know, what pads the, the Rams are wearing, you know, nobody cares. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. And a, a lot of the marketing and stuff like that is, is definitely towards the manufacturer more so than the players. Yeah, but I think with the Pro Tour taking over, I think that as they create more of an environment around the tour as opposed to around the manufacturers, that will start to change, hopefully. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Thank you guys for letting me join in. I, I was really just trying to help you test this out because I saw that the other guy was... Hey, we, we appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for letting us know it works. <laughs> Have a good one, guys. All right, take care, man. Um, I will say though, like he didn't mention something about like the pads and stuff. I do know like in golf, like there are people that obviously care about what clubs people are using, what balls people are using and stuff. But I think there also is, um, there's a lot, we've talked about this Hunter about how the, the knowledge, the technology in disc golf right now is so behind the eight ball to where, you know, just talking about form, right? Like there isn't really any sort of like, Hey, this is, these are the things that you need to be doing in golf. There are those things. And I think a lot more golfers are knowledgeable. Like even you as like a super, super beginner golfer, you probably know that your shafts and your club, like your driver, for example, you probably aren't going to go out and buy the same shaft that John Rom, Tiger Woods, VJ. Why did I say VJ Singh? Dustin Johnson, Jordan Speed, those guys are using. Yeah. Because you probably have at least enough knowledge like, hey, those guys are swinging so much faster than me. My sh- The shaft that I need is going to be different. Well, that's why I think. And I think like, that'll slowly catch up. Yeah. Slowly catch up in disc golf. Well, that's like for me when I went looking for a beginner set of golf clubs, for instance. I The things I were, was Googling was basically like the most forgiving, the easiest yeah. to like hit blah, 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 because like everything affected it. You know, how deep the grooves were, the shape of the irons, all this stuff. And how many articles and stuff did you see written about that stuff? Oh, so many. And it was too much information. So I ended up just trading in like my full prodigy allotment from when I was sponsored and getting a bag and played against sports. That was a beginner bag. But my guess is if if you go on Google right now and you're like most beginner friendly discs, my guess is you might find a couple articles. I'm going to do it. But the most you're going to see... My guess is the most you're going to see is like Reddit posts, like threads. Like you're going to see kind of more of that stuff than like actual. Uh... Yeah, see what pulls up. I'm actually curious. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's some there's some articles. The top 15 golf discs for beginners, nine best Who, discs. Where's, where is that from? That's from just like some retail store. Um, okay. Disc golf. 
fanatic.com. Uh, oh, Disc Golf Fanatic. That's just a blog is the next one. Nine best disc golf discs for beginners. Cypress Point Disc Golf. I don't even know what that is. Best disc for beginners. Disc Golf Now, another disc golf blog. 37 best discs for beginners. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's articles out there. Um, there are some articles. Okay, Yeah, cool. I, I yeah. actually haven't seen a Reddit thread. But I agree, probably, if you went two, three, because a lot of these are written in 2021. If you went two or three years ago, what you're saying is probably accurate. To where oh, you just went yeah. on and so people people are probably getting getting the idea of like I mean obviously if we did a YouTube video and called it like the be- these are the best must five or must have five write this down. This is actually a good good title. The five must have discs for beginners. No, maybe that doesn't make sense. How how am I trying to word this? Five um, the the five best discs for beginners. There yeah. you go. The five best discs for beginners. Revolutionary like that's probably, stuff there. That's probably a video that's going to pop off because, yeah. like I said, that you know people just when they first get into yeah, the game, they kind of they. There's they, a lot of those. Yeah, there's a lot of those videos out there. Um, if if people Google it, but I agree. Like that's that's the type of stuff though that in disc golf it's an interesting thing because like in golf there are clubs that are like like I said, meant to not add as much spin, meant to be more forgiving on the swing, blah, 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 where like in disc golf, it's it's a very interesting thing because, you know, I might take Lizzie out, for example, and she might love throwing the Paradox or the Soul, right? But mm-hmm. then I take one of my friends out um, who like works out a lot, my friend Stout. I hand him the Soul. He's already going to be able to muscle a disc too much, so that's going to flip. So for him, he's going to need that buzz initially just because like he's already got good natural spin on the disc. So it's a weird Mm -hmm. thing of like in golf, if you used my clubs, you'd still be able to play decent with my clubs because, well, except for the height, height difference would be the issue. But as far as the like club head, shafts, yada, yada. But but I I would have to change a lot of stuff. I wouldn't be able to go out. It's just, it's literally the same thing. Like if, if I use Kelsey's disc, I wouldn't be able to throw the same way as if I use Kelsey's clubs. I still wouldn't be able to swing the same way. Would you, I'd have to would swing you, a lot softer. So what would happen if you swing – is swing, is that the right word? If you swing as hard as you you normally do using like Kelsey or my clubs? So because what would happen? Because, because there's flex on the club face, yeah. right? And the the reason why there's flex is because your swing when you generate like when you're coming down, you need that flex to allow the club to get to the ball to square up because you're not swinging it fast enough to where your hands are going to get in front of the club face, if that makes sense. Right. So think about like the two extremes are swinging like a stick. Right. So when you swing a stick. The point never changes as you're moving it. Yeah. The stick is never moving. The end of the the end of the stick is never moving with how slow or how fast you swing, right? Yeah. But like say say now you have like a string, and on the end of the string you have like a rock or heck you have a club face. Now if I swing that string really really fast, I can keep the string taut from the top of my swing all the way down. And so now it's like a, a smooth swing. If you swing, swing this string. <laughs> I don't know why I picked these so hard words. Isn't it swung? You, what? It's probably swung. Swung, right? Swung. 
if you swung the string but you didn't do it fast enough, there's going to be a lot of slack in the string and you wouldn't be able to actually make contact. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Basically what I'm saying is if I, if I swing something that's very flexy, I'm going to swing it so fast that as it's coming down, the club face is going to get in front of yeah. my hands. Yeah. And being able to control that is going to be an absolute nightmare. Yeah. Gosh, swing, swing, swung, man. Oh. Interesting. All right. All right. Well, there you go. Okay. Uh, we, we got, got another we got caller. Some other, we, got some other, we got some other people in here. All right. We're going to bring him or her in. Hello, hello. Can you hear us? Yes, I can. How's it going? Good. So um, I'm enjoying this conversation about discs and everything. And I know that Brody has talked about how he thinks live coverage shouldn't talk about uh, disc names, but should just say like, oh, that's a fairway driver or a stable driver or whatever. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, I think that in disc golf, discs are more than just like a piece of equipment. They're more than just shoulder pads or a helmet. They're fundamental to the game. And like personally, I'm like a pretty casual player. But like half my bag is discs that I throw because I've seen like pros throw them and like, wow, like, he's an amazing putter. I'm going to go buy a nomad or, you know, I have a get freaky zone because like, wow, that they make that look like a really reliable forehand upshot disc. And so I think as the sport grows, the discs are a great way for players to build their brand. And if you just say, Oh, he just threw a stable putter. There's no way for a player to build their brand. But if you say, Oh, that's his, get freaky zone and it comes in this crystal flex plastic and that makes it extra stable that's a chance for you brody to build your brand and that will sell discs okay so we haven't talked about this in a while and i'm guessing you probably didn't listen to maybe like our early early like gosh where where are we on now 15 16 so this is we're a couple months in so we haven't talked about this a while so I, I always love let's 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 hash it out and let's see if, <laughs> if things have changed a little bit. So real quickly, you you brought me up and said like you you bought a get freaky zone, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever played because there's there's only been a handful of times I've been on coverage. I don't think I've ever played, I could be wrong, but I don't think I've ever played where an announcer s- said I was throwing my get freaky zone. Yeah, well, so, that's true. For that example, that's probably from YouTube. But I can so, give you, I, I have a Penrose yeah. too. Yeah, so you're probably buying that because of either Discraft's marketing of me or of my my own marketing of the disc, right? So mm-hmm. that that is one of my that that's kind of one of my takes on announcers not doing it. Is I believe first thing uh, I believe it should be on the manufacturer to uh, let people know what their pros are throwing. And what Mm -hmm. that ends up doing is putting money into them. It makes the manufacturers have to pay either for advertising on like the pro tour, for example, via commercials or whatever it may be, or it makes it to where, they are, um, you know, paying their players to come up to film uh, promo videos that they can post on social media. 
what what's ultimately happening right now is the announcers by and the announcers saying the diss it's allowing the manufacturers to get free marketing and then the other thing too is this is something that i think will eventually happen in disc golf i know probably a lot of people disagree with me but this is something i think will eventually happen is you will see players going away from the royalty route of contracts and there will be more of a guarantee. So right now, let's say there are probably some players out there that have a $30,000 guarantee contract, right? No matter mm-hmm. what, they're making $30,000, but they're going to make a dollar or $2 for every disc that has their name on it sold, right? I think mm-hmm. what will end up happening is, let's say they end up making $100,000 for that, right? So they made $130,000, 30 from guaranteed, 100 from their disc selling, I think what you'll end up seeing is a complete shift of that to where there's a hundred thousand dollars guarantee and they're only making thirty thousand dollars off the royalties. And then eventually I think they get to a point of where they don't even really make much of anything off the royalties and everything's a guarantee. Because what will end up happening right now is like you get in a weird spot of let's say let's look at um let's look at DD, for example, okay. So let's say who who are DD's big players right now? Chris Clemens. Um, That's about it now. Yeah, Chris Clemens, right? Let's say they sign Ricky though. Okay, so Chris Clemens, Ricky Hunter. Let's say who are some free agents? Calvin, maybe or no? No. No, Calvin's not free. Agent. They tried. To let's just him. say they. Or let's look at let's look at Infinite. Infinite's a good example, right? So Infinite is signing a whole bunch of people right now. What is it end up going to happen is like Infinite will not be able to if you sign a big enough of the big top people, they're not going to be able to fit the demand for everyone. Does that make sense? And so I think also Hunter t- kind of talked about this a little bit with so many people leaving their contracts early. I don't think you'll see players leave contracts early uh, if there's a guaranteed money situation because if I'm if I'm sitting in a contract and I'm like, dude, I could sell so many discs, but they never make my discs, right? Mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna look for someone that is telling me, oh no, come over here, we'll make as many discs as you want us to make. But if you're already making guaranteed money and you're happy with it, you don't really care if that company makes ten of your discs, a hundred of your discs, or ten thousands of your discs. Does that make sense? A little yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah, and I think I agree with you on the guaranteed contract part. But I don't agree on the, um, you said the free advertising, mm-hmm. it, because if you take Paul McBeth, Discraft yeah. is paying him a million dollars a year, yeah. and Discraft gets all the advertising from Paul McBeth being one of the best and being on lead card all the time, being on Jomez on YouTube all the yeah, time. Yeah, that's why, that's why Paul's getting that money. Well, exactly. So he's, va- he's, va- he's valuable because he's going to be on coverage and be seen that's why that money is going to paul and, and, and because they know that ian is going to say oh that's paul's force that's paul's luna and no, so they're because, paying for the opportunity to have the be, commentators talk about that but they should be paying for paul to throw their disc and for paul to have uh here's a good example ready let's say let's say i i sign a a, a deal with mcdonald's next year okay and i'm wearing a mcdonald's hat does McDonald's assume or expect the announcers to say that on coverage? No, but that's because the hat is obvious. 
Well, well, yeah. I mean, that's but that's the thing is McDonald's is paying me to wear the hat. They're not paying the pro tour to say McDonald's at all. That's where the that's they're where paying, the free advertising is. That's what I'm saying. They're paying Paul to throw the product, and they're paying Paul. Uh, like they're you're telling me right now, like you, there's no way Discraft could tell people what Paul Dis Paul throws. People well, would have no idea. Well, it's not that Discraft couldn't advertise it another way, but the best way is to is just in live coverage, right? Here's a here's a question I have because I've heard this the point you're breaking up a lot, uh, like what the point you're bringing up. Do you think that Discraft wouldn't pay Paul a million dollars a year if the Pro Tour wasn't saying? his disc name on coverage it, it the sponsorship would certainly be less valuable how much less valuable i guess is kind of a empirical question that i don't have the numbers to back up but it's certainly less valuable another one drew gibson in the penrose right when he was draining those putts at the pro tour finale from 90 feet all over the place everyone knows he was throwing a penrose if they weren't allowed to say that you know, who knows? He's an open bag player. He could be throwing anything. No one would ever know. And Infinite would lose out on all that marketing that they're presumably paying for by paying a good player to be a good player. Well, that's where I think the that's, counterpart... That's, that's where the counterpart would be. You'd have, like like Brody said, a Drew Gibson commercial on the Pro Tour Network saying, like, putt like Drew Gibson with blah, blah, blah. Or, you know, if you don't know, because, like, I've been in a situation where I'm like, what on earth is that disc that that person's throwing? And the commentator didn't say it, or they called. Uh, I could see it was a fairway driver, and they called it a putter. And I'm like, I know that's not right. So I Google so and so. What is this disc? And then the company, Discraft, EV7, Infinite, whoever, should be responsible for making sure that information information is readily available because they're the ones paying the player. So they should be the ones marketing the player yeah. and all of that. Versus, I mean, if they I, want the if they want the commentators to say it, I have no problem with the commentator saying it if the companies are paying for the commentators to say it, I just think that's where it gets kind of messy because so, the whole issue also, is that me, well, they, they are paying the, they're not well, paying the pro tour, but they're paying the, the player to get on. That's the issue on coverage. Well, let me throw, let me throw another scenario out there. Okay. We're, we're in a spot right now where the, you know, there's only four people on earth. Well, eight now, right? There's eight people, sometimes nine people on live coverage. That's mainly because of, the amount of money it's going to cost to do more. Let's say 10 years from now, disc golf has blown up and now coverage looks more like golf. Okay. So you're literally going from shot to shot to shot from hole two to hole seven to hole 15 to hole bouncing around all different type of people. How, how do you do it then? Well, then because the pre- if, I'm, if I'm watching, if I'm watching a feature, a final card, right? I know the four people. I know all the discs in their bag. I know what to expect. I can plan ahead of time. I can't plan if Hunter goes off, uh, you know, two hours, an hour and a half before Lee card, and he's shredding. I can't plan for that. So how do I know what's in Hunter's bag? How do I know what's in this guy's bag? This guy's bag, and, and yeah. it gets yeah. to the point of where now, now, so now what? You're only going to say the handful of super popular players diss and that's it i mean that's a good point and if disc golf gets to that point it would be a good point but we're not at that point right now you know a lot of people consume it on youtube and the first two cards are on uh the 
live network. And so there's that opportunity for people to build their brand by playing well and earning those spots with the exception of maybe the feature card on the first day, I guess that you don't necessarily earn those spots, but otherwise people are earning the spot to be there. And so just arbitrarily taking away that chance to build their brand. Unless we put stuff, some money in the pro tours pocket. Let me, well, we're go on the pro, it wouldn't go in the pro tours pocket. It, it could go more in the player's pocket. And this, this is the last question I'll ask. Would you rather them stay and do the things that they're doing right now? And players are, you know, crossing their fingers that the announcers say the di- name of their disc so they go out and pay for them, right? Or would you rather a lot more uh, advertising money from the manufacturers start going into the Pro Tour, which then makes the purses more to where now players that do play well, great, they're on feature card, that's awesome. But now, not just because they're on feature card and hopefully people like them and hopefully they're branding, like now they get to the point of where it's like they don't even really have to care about that stuff because if they just go out and play well, they're making five, six, seven, ten, twelve, fifteen thousand dollars at each tournament. Because if you look right now to like the top, oh, I don't know, 30, 40, 50 players, uh, almost every single one of them is probably making more money from disc sales or their manufacturer sponsors and all that than they're making actually in earnings on the Pro Tour. And I feel like that is that I, I feel like you would want that flip flopped where people that are going out and performing and playing really, really well, regardless of whether they're fan favorite or not, if they just go out there and dominate and win or get second or third or whatever like that, they don't have to worry about, oh, I hope people go out and buy my disc. I hope people go out and buy my merch. They're making enough money from that to where they're good to go. Does that make sense? Yeah, and that that second scenario is obviously better, but back to the point I made at the very beginning that discs aren't just equipment. Part of yeah. what is going to bring more money into the sport is the fact that watching is disc golf. Part of the experience is like, wow, he just threw a zone there. Like, what is that disc? Or I can't believe he just threw a rock three 400 feet like that's crazy like well that goes that goes into also like if you really knew these pros bags you would realize a lot of their discs that they throw are not your standard discs that you're going to pick up so then it's like it's it's this catch-22 of like i threw that silver raptor for example and and uh everyone's like oh my god he got that thing to turn that's crazy if i bought a raptor right now off the shelf and i threw it it would not fly like that at all yeah, and I think so disc golfers understand that though, and they're still. I don't. I don't. Th- I, don't I don't think they do. It, it's not like a perfect one to one, but there's still an element of like relatability and interest in what people are throwing. That that's what hooks yeah. people on, and it's going to bring is, more money into the sport. It is. It is tricky though. It is tricky, right? Because if someone's taking a driver 310 yards you can relate straight to that. Like I only hit my driver 275. But if you hear someone like throwing a force, like 500 feet, you're like, holy cow, how do they throw it that far? You don't realize that force is actually like flying like a nuke. Like it's a super beat in force that doesn't fly like a force that you're probably buying off the shelf. So that's where it gets tricky, I think. But but yeah, like no, we it's, knew an James- it's an interesting conversation for sure. Yeah, like we knew James Conrad's 
beat up old Greeny with a really beat up disc, right? Or mm-hmm. y- Yuli's Yuli's disc that's like crazy flippy. You know, you learn some of yeah, those the things. super the super extremes for sure. But um, but yeah, all right, sweet. I think we I think we knocked it out, Hunter. We don't have to have this conversation probably for another two months. <laughs> all right, thank you guys. Have a good Heck one. Heck yeah, man. Take care. It's been a while since we had that conversation. I feel like my 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 uh, my stance on that really hasn't changed at all. No, I, I think it's just there's there's always going to be two different views of because that's the same the same argument gets brought up every time, right? Of well, the Discraft is paying for that marketing, or Innova is paying for that marketing because they're paying Ricky or Paul or whatever to be on the lead card, and mm-hmm. the disconnect is just yeah, they're paying Paul for the pro tour to market it. That doesn't make sense. It should be Discraft or Innova is marketing Ricky or Paul. So there's not a question. Like someone was bringing up the great example of Simon, a whole 18 Waco through a P2 parked it, right? Everyone knew it was a P2 talked about it. If you didn't know the name of that disc, that should be Discmania's responsibility to now the next week on coverage, put out a commercial of commercial with that. that, Yeah. That throw and say it was a P2, blah, blah, blah. And put that on Instagram, TikTok, whatever, where Discmania is now pushing and promoting, like, look what this P2 did. Look what our disc did. That shouldn't be on the Pro Tour to be like, the Pro Tour can have the same excitement and everything and say, oh my gosh, you just threw a putter there. What's wrong with that? That's just, I'm, my jaw's on the floor as soon as I hear it's a putter. It doesn't change it, the fact that my jaw's, and the same thing like he was saying, oh my gosh, he threw a zone that far. You could say a mid for a rock or a zone or whatever. You'd be like, oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. he threw an approach disc. 380 feet my joke my if i hear approach disc and i know the player's discraft i know he threw a zone like that's a pretty simple thing but now the commentators didn't go he threw the zone the other thing i think that issue will run into is like a lot of commentators right now are still players so like if you have sexton and germ commentating which you do a lot of times it puts them in a weird spot if you expect them i know jomez has the graphic where it's like up in the top corner and it's just there you don't the commentators don't have to say it but if you're expecting them to say it, that puts them in a weird situation because, like, what if they're now like, oh, my word, look how great Paul threw that Discraft Luna. And then Innova's sitting yeah. there like, what the heck? We pay you a lot of money to promote our discs, not Discraft's discs. That is tricky. Yeah, I just yep. think, it, to me, it just doesn't make sense because, like, the the companies aren't... And I, I disagreed with them, too, but I didn't say it, of if the Pro Tour didn't say Paul's names of his discs, Discraft would still pay him a million dollars a year. Discraft doesn't mm-hmm. isn't factoring into his contract. Oh, he's going to be on this many lead cards, and they're going to say the Zeus name ten times per time that he's on lead card in an event. Uh, they mm-hmm. they're not. I guarantee you, that's like if they hear, it, they're like, oh, sick. They said the name of the disc. Like, they want I, Paul to win tournaments. That's yeah, what they care about. Yeah, because they know as soon as he wins a tournament, they can put Paul Macbeth blah 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 in a post throwing his Zeus. Done. We just sold a thousand more Zeuses. Whatever it may be. That's yeah. how you. That's how it should work marketing wise, and that's what companies do do. It's just the pro tour and commentators sometimes just throw them a free bone because that's what he was saying. Is like my uh, like his bag was half full of discs because he heard the commentators talk about it. Like the pro tour made all these manufacturers that money, and they didn't get paid for it. If you don't see Literally that, my, if people don't see that only, as an issue, then it, they don't see it yeah, as an issue. My, that's fine. This this is where I'll I always never be able to find common ground with anyone because I, you know I'm looking at the comments and and some people are like people want to know blah 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 ads content blah, blah until we make it to where manufacturers are paying for that to happen, 
right? Yeah. So like maybe 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 Innova says, "Hey, Ricky's gonna be on lead card. We're gonna pay you twenty thousand dollars to single digits, right? Whatever." Basically, what you're saying is you don't want pros to make more money. That's what you're basically saying because by by the pro tours announcers doing it for free, you're taking money out of the pros that play well at that tournament. So if 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 you're cool with that, then me and you is never going to agree because obviously I'm going to always push yeah. for what's best for pros. I don't think people um, fully under the way you're saying the point. I get what you're saying, but I think what you're saying is basically because people will be like the pros are making money because they're paying Ricky for that to happen. But what you're saying is they'd still be paying Ricky that much, but then they'd be paying an additional twenty thousand to the entire purse. So now it's not just Ricky. Yeah. yeah, it's not just That's Ricky saying, making I that want- money. I don't. I mean, Paul. Paul got a million dollars this year from. Obviously, Paul's a different scenario, right? But Paul got a million dollars this year, and won what seventy nine thousand dollars, something like that. Yeah, from the Pro Tour. Like yeah. that's just that ratio is insane. And so it's like if you're someone that isn't as famous or popular as Paul, right? Let's say you're someone that's like tenth in the world, and you're finishing pretty good at tournaments, but you're just not going to have a six-digit uh, six-digit uh, contract with someone. That's okay. Like you're only making fifty thousand, sixty thousand dollars with a manufacturer, but you're still able to make a hundred or hundred and twenty because you're playing well on tour. That's what I'm trying to say. If you care about the pros, then you should be. Your interest should be how do we make these purses more? Because the purses right now are not matching what some of these pros are getting from their sponsors. That's yeah. my point. Uh, we can go, right. wanna go say, one more let's, caller? Let's do one more call. Let's do one more call. One more caller. One more we got call. like five people in the waiting room. So I'm going to just kind of pick someone random. <clears throat> Hello. Welcome to the show. Can you hear us? Maybe not. I respond to this comment too. Someone said, who cares about money? It's about what dis and let's see how it flies. Come on. If we didn't have names, they'd be UFO. Uh, again, disc golf is going to get better for people watching the more money pros make because you're going to get a lot more people that go, wait, I can make what in disc golf? And they're going to start playing. Parents are going to be like, wait, my kids can do what in disc golf? And you're going to get more kids playing. There's a reason why some of the sports that are the most popular are the ones that tons and tons of kids are playing. There's a reason why when they go to the leagues, they make a whole lot of money. You don't really see too many people pushing for sports that you can't make money in. So that's the whole thing is like when you when more and more disc golfers can make more and more money. Heck, I made this point a long time ago. There are handful of uh, right now probably 10, 15 guys that aren't touring all, I mean, look at Chris Dickerson. He's a perfect example, right? We talked about him uh, where he doesn't go to all the big tournaments. He did last year, but previously he didn't because he said it didn't make financial sense to him. I mean, he's one of the top five players in the world, and he's not going to tournaments because it doesn't make financial sense to him. That's what I'm saying is like if you're a fan of disc golf and you want to watch the best disc golf, your interest should be in whatever's making pros more money by playing disc golf and not so much on the sponsor side. That's all I'll say. All right, I'm going to bring him back in because he unmuted his mic. Hello, can you hear us? All right, I give up. All right, we're going to bring in someone else. Hello, hello, can you hear us? Are you there, Brainiac? 
I feel like some people can figure it out. You oh, would think oh. Brainiac would be able to figure it out. Yeah. I mean, he's muted and unmuting himself. Can you hear us? Are you there? Disc golf isn't about commercial commercialization. What does that mean? Basically, like, commercialization would be, like, bigger brands getting in and commercializing the sport. So everything would be about, like, marketing and money and stuff like that. So basically, they're like saying... The disc golf, I feel like the Disc Golf Pro Tour would heavily disagree with that statement. The Pro Tour would, yeah. That's the other thing, too, is, like, disc golf is a sport, sure, like, yeah, we're talking about, about the, it, but the NBA is. We're, we're talking about the pro tour. We're not talking about. I'm not talking about like you go to your local course. Oh, I kind of want to. I kind of want to see tier. I kind of want to see tier like announcer, like sitting over like with a mic by the first tee, being like, "Oh, here steps up Hunter Thomas with his destroyer." <laughs> <laughs> oh, first tree. Yeah. Dang it. <laughs> we're we're talking, guys. We're talking about the disc golf pro tour. Whenever whenever we're talking about disc golf, we're talking about the pro tour, unless. We say otherwise. So for you to say a company is not interested in, in in making money, I guess, is the point. I would I would heavily disagree that the Disc Golf Pro Tour is not interested in making money for themselves and for their players. Yeah, because then they wouldn't exist. All right, we're going to bring in one more person. Hello, can you hear us? Oh, first tree. Yeah. Dang it. <laughs> yeah, I can hear you fine. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, we hear you. Oh, awesome. Uh, first off, awesome to be here. You guys are doing a great job. Appreciate it. Um, Thank you. Yeah, uh, fantastic. I've been watching Brody since I was a little kid, so this is this is cool. Heck yeah, man. Um, so I guess I'll completely changing the subject. Um, my question is, is you guys are bringing a new player into the sport and you put their first disc in their hand, and what do you put in their hand? Like, Ooh. is it? A flippy driver is it something super stable like what what are you putting in their hand a putter yeah yeah i think the very if i can only give them one disc i'm probably going just a neutral putter but if it's like a putter isn't the option then i'm going flippy mid okay those okay. would be those would be like my two go-to first discs. i would i would probably say a fierce nice interesting okay nice yeah and i and i've saw i've seen this firsthand from a couple you know, I've had a lot of my uh, buddies that I played Ultimate Frisbee with um, transfer over. And like the Roach, Fierce, obviously I'm coming from a Discraft side. So you could probably go with any other brands kind of uh, outside of Discraft. Right. But I, I have seen them be able to figure that disc out of like, okay, I have a 200 foot straight shot now. Right. And I think that is crucial to have initially is like something that you know can just you can throw it decently hard and it just goes straight about 200 feet and then for the most part you can get around you know most of these kind of beginner friendly courses and have a good time to then you would want to come back out and try new discs and stuff like that but i i would go i would go with a slow putter um that is on the flippy side uh especially if they're coming from like an ultimate frisbee background Right. Like a lot of times I go out with new people, I'll give them like whatever the flippiest thing in my bag or my car is. So like if I have like a beat up leopard, I'll give them that or like mm. a beat up heat and they'll throw it great. Like it flies so straight and they're like super into it. They go and buy their own discs and they bring them out and they're like, what the heck, man? Like these things are yeah. so dumpy now. Yeah. Um, so that's interesting. I like the idea of like a fierce or like a flippy putter. Um, cause you yeah, still, yeah. you still have that hyzer if you're not putting it 
on a on a decent line. Yeah, and I think too for like the first month or so, that's all you should really have. You should really just play courses with just a putter uh, and get comfortable of, especially if you're coming from. I don't know if you're coming from an ultimate frisbee background, but if you're if you're trying to teach people from an ultimate frisbee background, you the form is different. It's a it's 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 not throwing a frisbee anymore, and so I think keeping one disc in your in your hands all the time that will make it easy for you to see changes happening in your form versus if you're bouncing around, it'll be hard for you to tell was that the disc or was that because I threw it a certain way. So yeah, that's a great question though. I like it. Yeah, that that can uh, feed into your video on um, disc collection for new players. I like it. There you go. Appreciate you calling in. Yeah, no Thanks problem. Thanks so much. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Keep doing what you're doing. You're doing a great job. Thank you so much. Um, hopefully, maybe these some of these people in the chat, Hunter, will join us next week when we get the calls. I'll, I'll be I'll be in studio next week. There's a lot of people. I I you know whenever you bring up the money side of things, it's always interesting because I feel like everyone has very passionate opinions about it. Um, and so we're seeing a lot of people saying like players don't care about the money. They care about the wins. Um, some other stuff in here that, Didn't you know, Simon literally say he doesn't care about winning. Simon did say that. Yes. But that is Simon. So maybe other people aren't that way. Um, my, my last take on the whole thing is if you're watching the pro tour and you, you know, if I'm watching sports in general, ideally I want to watch people that are good mm-hmm. for the most part, right? And to get better disc golfers, to get fields where not, right now I think you know we have like 20 people, let's say, that could potentially win on any given Sunday. Here we're having people that going into a tournament have a legitimate shot of winning. That is going to take money. Yeah. Money. Because someone that has a $95,000 paying salary, they're not going to quit their job to tour for t- full time if they 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 might they might have a great season and only make $35,000, right? Yeah. yeah. But if you can get it to where that guy can quit his job, tour full time and make 150, now we got something. So, that's my whole point is Okay, maybe you don't like the whole idea of like commercializing stuff and whatever. I don't know how that's possible because if you watch any sort of coverage, you're telling me right now then you don't watch any Disc Golf Pro Tour or Jomez. That's what you're telling me because Jomez has YouTube ads. They might watch it. They just might not like it. I've never heard anyone complain about ads on Jomez. Never. No, but I'm just saying like – You can can watch something and still not like, like the way it's headed and still like watch it. Yeah, but I've never heard anyone bring that up of like, yeah. hey, why does Jomez have YouTube ads and have sponsored ads in the thing? Yeah, no, I agree. Because, I mean, so here, here's what I'll say, too, know. back to the money versus winning. I, if you, there's some exceptions. I'm sure a lot of players would take winning a Worlds or winning USDGC over a season where they made a lot of money simply because winning Worlds they is like the prestige. You're going to make money from winning Worlds. So, yeah. Majors set aside. If you took a player like Colton Montgomery or Jordan Castro or like someone who's like in the like 
25 to 40th best players in the world range, right? And you gave them mm-hmm. the option of you can have a two-win season and make $50,000 or you can have a no-win season and make $150,000. I just have a hard time believing that people are taking... Or maybe that maybe that money's not different enough, but I have a hard time believing that if it's like, oh, I don't have to worry about... Because that's the point is a lot of disc golfers that aren't in the top 15 to 20, like they're surviving, they're living, but we're not at a point where they're making a comfortable living yet. Like some of right. them are smart enough that they can brand themselves and stuff that they are, but some of them haven't like haven't branded themselves or built that repertoire up yet with their playing and stuff to where they're, you know, if they don't cash at this tournament, they're not paying for their Airbnb the next week. That's a, mm-hmm. that's a reality still on the pro tour. So if you're telling them like, Hey, you can have security because there's more money in the purse. And if you cash, because there's more money in the purse and you pop off here one or one or two events and you do really well, you're going to make enough that you don't have to worry about that the next week. That's going to mean a lot more to some players than wins. Once you get to like Paul's level or Ricky's level where you're guaranteed in your contract enough money that it doesn't matter like what you're making during the season. Yeah. Paul a hundred percent cares way more about wins than the five, 10 grand he's going to get from his win. A hundred percent. Yeah. Cause he, he already has the money locked in. Now I exactly. will say the wins people would take the wins if there was some sort of like tour card situation and by winning on tour, you get locked in for like, I think, let's say two years. I think that's what it is on the PGA tour. If you win on the PGA tour, you get your two, two, you get your tour card for two more years. I would say people would take less money for the secure. But again, that's literally because they're basically betting on themselves of like, I'm going to be on tour now for two years. Yeah. Same thing. Like with the whole Paul situation of where he knows no matter what he's good, he's making money. And I think that is where you'll see people. If there is a tour card situation, people want to stay on tour. Cause if you stay on tour, you can make money. If you get off tour, you can't make money. So I think that's the only time you'll ever see people really, really care about trying to win. And you sometimes see this on the PJ tour where someone like, wins and literally one of the first things they talk about is i am now exempt for two years i'm i'm take so much stress off of them yeah um to where now they can make a living for the next two years yeah and imagine how many good how how different some of these players would play if they were playing not to be like i need to i need to make money this week or i I have to go home i can't imagine that stress like i i would crumble so we're actually we want to test it trevor and i really want to test this we want to give ourselves five hundred dollars and just see how long we make it on the pro tour like just sign up you know in las vegas and just see what happens uh but like if i know like if that was my like true life to where the next week you know i'm you know the 50th best player in the world i'm trying to make this tour thing work and you know i've got a little bit of money coming in but realistically like if i want to be able to have like a comfortable meal the next week 10 weeks into the season i need to cash above like 50th place here at this tournament i mean that type of stress is is probably more stress than i need to win this tournament i will say this too for uh someone just brought this up and this is actually a pretty interesting point for as many people that kind of hate you know we get a lot of we see a lot of comments of people hating like we don't want to be like golf we don't want to be like that that Richie country club, yada, yada, yada. Hate to break it to you. A lot of people on tour right now come for money. 
because that's one of the reasons why they're able to stay on tour is because they've got bills and stuff like that covered. They've got backup plans and all that stuff. So if you're really interested in like fighting for the the young guys and 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 having someone where it's like an up and coming someone that you know doesn't have a lot of money, if they can go out and make it on tour, my my dream would be by them being able to grind and get it on tour, they should be set for a while. Like they make it on tour, get a couple caches and be set for a while. Where right now, you go on tour and you cash a couple. I mean, look at me. I, I went on tour and I cashed at every event except for one, I believe, last year. And I made $9,000. Yeah. If I didn't have outside money coming in, I, there's no way, even from a single household, there's no way from a single household I'm going to be able to do that. Let alone if I'm married, have kids, all this stuff. So if you're if you're trying to fight for the young guys um, and and trying to stay away from golf where it's all these rich, blah 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 blah, then you should be really fighting for the purses in these tournaments to get higher. So that way, when people do go and play well, they can make that money to then be like, oh, then I'm set. I'm set for a month. I can tour for a month now because I just made six grand by getting tenth place. Yeah. So that's all I'll say on that. Um, you got anything else, Silas? You got anything? You've been quiet this whole time, man. I you know, awake? Man. Yeah, he, he was sleeping. He, he was sleeping over there. No, it's, he almost it's sucked the curtains I, off the wall. It's tough when I can't see you, man. It's tough I know. when I can't. see Well, my you. camera died. Oh, your camera died. My camera died. So oh, well, then I really me. can't see you. Yeah. Really can't um, see him. Also, want to make a point. I am a man of my word when it comes to bets. Uh, I will continue to bet blizzards with Hunter, and it's, I I'm the people, reason they haven't been redeemed. Thank you. I saw yeah. some people coming them. after me yeah. saying like, "Hey, you need to stop betting until you give Hunter." It's like I've offered blizzards no. probably two or three times. I like I like you, being owed. You, I like being owed the blizzard. I like knowing I yeah, have it. Exactly. You yeah. want it in your back pockets. Yeah, I want to so be owed I like ten blizzards. To bet blizzards. Why? Why not? I just like I just like you'll being never, owed. You'll never get up to. I just like being owed blizzards. You'll never get up to ten blizzards. Oh. You'll never get up to ten blizzards. All right, just bet. Oh, I will bet never see blizzard. that happen. Do, will you put a blizzard on me I'll breaking a hundred in Jan- into January? Oh. How many blizzards are you putting on that? I'll put a. No, I'm not gonna put a blizzard on it. No. How many blizzards do We're I get doing, I, if I break a hundred? I've never seen this. I've, I've never seen this course. I've never seen this course. Do you want me to, is do like you, a really, really... Do you want me to do it at Poplar, since you've seen Poplar? I'll just play Poplar twice. Brody, what is, what's it. the back tee? Did we, did we play the we back played, tees there? We played the, the back tees at Poplar. What's the, look up the distance for me real quick. Okay, I'll look what's it up the distance? I'll look it up for you. It's if, only it's, nine if, it's over, if it's over 60... If it's over 6,400, I'll, I'll, I'll allow it. Okay. Five five blizzards. Five blizzards. Five blizzards. Sheesh. Five man. five blizzards. Okay, okay. okay. So if we go eighteen holes is sixty six twenty. Five blizzards. Five blizzards. So wow. if I break a hundred from the blue tees at Poplar Forest, five blizzards. End of January. Five more blizzards are coming my way. I'll that sounds that. great. All right, boom. Jeez. I'll be owed seven blizzards. That'd be great. Eight you, blizzards. I'd be owed eight you, blizzards. You're gonna- you're gonna have to do some sort of space jam thing where you get like Rom to like get into your, you know, you steal Rom's talent in a golf ball or something to break a hundred out there. 
I don't see it happening. I've shot just, a range. Of I've everyone just watch watch the video. I've watch shot the video the, on Foundation. I've Nation, shot in okay? the I've shot in the forties out there before, in my lifetime. From and, what tee? The back tees? Uh, yeah, we used to only play the back tees. And you played you played all you played the ball down the whole way. Oh, absolutely! I don't no. cheat. I don't cheat. The only thing that messed you, the only the only thing that would have been a technical cheat is, and I don't know if it happened during this round. I would imagine it didn't because this hole's either my nemesis or my best friend. But hole six, we usually didn't play that one line of OB. So I mean, at most, only, that would cost would me like two shots, three or four. So yeah, at, mo- at worst, four I'm three. shooting like a fifty-two there. And that was me yeah, playing golf fine. like once a week, if even, and you for have to one summer. Hit seventy. All, right. All right. Yeah. No, I got to break a hundred. Oh. I just got to shoot a ninety-nine. So I got to go fifty forty-nine. Brody, what are you thinking, man? Here's the thing. I'm root. I'm rooting for you. It yeah. might not sound like it. I'm rooting for you. That's fine. But that's fine. I just think. I think when people watch the video, the video doesn't tell any story. Swing, I'm a different player today than I was that video. We shot that video last week. Yeah. I. You know how golf is. You could be a different guy tomorrow, though. Days, we shot that video four days ago. Yeah, I'm a. I went to the range for like two hours. The I went to my backyard for a solid thirty minutes, and then to the range for two hours, and focused nothing but getting my swing where I could hit the ball with a square face, and I got there. Bro, do you know how many blizzards I would have if I've heard? If I had a blizzard for every single time I heard a golfer told me. Dude, I went to the range today. I figured it out. I'm not I figured it. No, out. I didn't figure out I the would, whole thing. I didn't. I just figured I would, out the I, one main issue. Well, right. You could be a well, different guy tomorrow. That's the thing. No. Thank you, Silas. Thank you, voice of wisdom. No, it doesn't matter. I'm breaking 100 into January. Can't wait to watch it, and uh, I will All redeem. Right, I'll redeem those five blizzards that day, so that people can see it at the end. Oh gosh, that could be a punishment too. Just have no, to I don't have to eat them. Blizzards. No, I'm gonna give them to everyone but you. I'll I'll pass them out of the course. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, I'll you're, take, you're I'll, if that to, happens, if that takes I'll take. I'll I'll happen. All right, there well, you go. Thanks everyone. Thanks everyone for watching. Uh, I will be back in studio next week. Uh, we got a fun full plate of activities and videos and all sorts of stuff. Black Friday was incredible. Cyber Monday, I don't. I don't really know how long they're going to have two of these. I feel like it's the same thing. It's right? just it's one like, long hey, weekend. It's one long thing. So uh, everyone that went on the site, check that out. If you haven't, check. go over to foundationdisc.com. Check it out. Um, we got tons and tons of content coming soon for you guys as well. Uh, oh, I haven't – I got to show you guys what shirt I'm wearing. I haven't even showed you. You see what that is, son? Do you even know what that is, son? I can't even see it. I don't even have you pulled up. Beth Page Black, baby. Uh, I, I bet, know. I bet you can't break one fifty from the tips at Beth Page. Okay, we gotta go. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't. That's not the bet. The bet is one, popular for us. I definitely couldn't. I said I couldn't. Couldn't. There's you don't, an NT. You don't think you could? You don't think you could? One fifty? Probably not. I don't know. That sounds impossible. Dang! I thought I thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna jump all over that. All I right. don't know. I don't believe are, in myself that much. We're out of here. Hey, all these people that are getting frisky in the chat, I hope to hear from you next week. Hey, it's real easy to sit behind your keyboard and type. Get on here with the big boys. Let's hear you talk. Silas, I know you want it. What?